Today is a momentous day. Today we will open this great tomb, locked with this incredible cipher lock. Now, first, I believe we need to find the things around the room that represent each of these four sections. Now, the first seems to be something to do with uh, jollity, mirth, uh, perhaps some kind of small entertaining moments. Is there anything you can see around the cavern? Uh, uh, skits, perhaps? Skits, yes, press that one, press that one. Now, now, the next one. I believe this is, there. there's icons of people looking at a strange box. Um, there seem to be, uh, there's something about entertainment in, in, a, in a visual style. Do you see anything around the cavern? Uh, uh things we've watched, perhaps? Yes, press that one. Kitchen. <laughs> Now this is interesting. This one, there's some sort of lines coming out of a, a a box, and it's vibrating towards what looks like some kind of strange curly object. May maybe an ear, something approaching an ear. A, a, things we've listened to. Listened to. Yes, that 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 could be it. Quick, press that one. Finally, the final one. The one we have to get to, last of all, it appears there are a number of uh, characters gathered around some sort of object. They, it mentions something about uh, sort of some, perhaps some kind of game or other. Uh, things we've played. Played, played, of course, you're yes. a genius. Press that one. Behold, the lost city of queer and pleasant strangers. <sighs> Greetings, strangers, queer and pleasant. I'm not Laura Kate Dale. And I'm not Jane Eris Magnet. And welcome to another episode of Queer and Pleasant Strangers, that podcast where two queer trans ladies talk about our weeks and do some silly skits and some voices and the such. That's us. Yeah. How you doing? It's not been a great mental health week, I'll be honest. It's been it's been a roller coaster recently, <laughs> huh? It's a roller coaster that goes down very fast. Very down, very fast, very quickly. Yeah. I, I'm feeling a bit more stable today, but today, yeah, like yeah. Thursday last week it was like mm-hmm. I've had some I've had some wobbly days while all of this has been going on. Mm-hmm. But we've come out alright the other side. Yeah. We're doing alright, yeah. yeah. All right. So, shall we start off by talking about some things that we have played this things week? That we have played this week. Yeah, what have we played this week? We played much more Final Fantasy VII Remake. We haven't quite finished it. We, we, one more sit down with it and we will finish it, I suspect. We Just are like, more. we are right near the end of that game, I think. Mm. We, we've, we've, we are several hours past the point of no return, no going back to do side quests after you pass this point. Mm. And then we played several hours past there. Yes. Um, yeah, how are you, how are you finding it so far? I enjoyed all the conversations as we ran up the stairs in Shinra Tower. Yes. I was slightly saddened at the fact that they've taken out all of the items from that area. <laughs> so it was like, if you go up here, there's like items you can't get anywhere else. Yeah, but I, I very much enjoyed the pacing of that scene with the different characters speeding up and slowing down as their various <laughs> levels of exhaustion happen. Yep. The little meter you had of how far up the, the tower yep. everyone was. That was adorable. I'm, I'm curious to know if it is possible to sort of beat Tifa, because she was... Real rocketing up there. Barrett like really struggled, then had a bit of a second wind, and then sort of sort of paced himself all the way to the top. And we, we just, just beat... beat Barrett to the top. Yeah, yeah. It's I um, 
I I I am continuing to absolutely love playing through this game. Mm-hmm. Um, mechanically, I I'm having a really good time with it. Um, we we're definitely reaching that end game sort of stage with the with this RPG now, where it's like we have lots of our slots for things, and we have lots of the abilities we would want in those slots, and we've got like most of our weapons leveled up, and we have lots and lots of things we can be doing at any time. Lots mm. of options. We've gotten to the point in the game where we can be like, so just pop haste on this character so they go really fast, so they get their limit break, which makes their bar fill up even faster, and then put regeneration and barrier on them, and then they're basically invincible, and they can just go bam, 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 bam. It was kind of badass going through that whole section, just like, okay, I've just limit break twice during a standard battle. Yeah, no boss fights or anything, and I've done like two, three limit breaks. It's it it's they do a good job of taking early game enemies and popping them at the end of the game to go like this is how far you've come. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're still both cautiously approaching the ending because yeah. we've not yet reached. Because here's the thing: up until this point, it very much still is here. It's slightly rearranged, but yes, it's, it's basically a remake still. It's, it's slightly rearranged and, you know, some points are expanded upon, but it's basically, this is Final Fantasy VII again. Yeah, in, in the in the points of expanded on, it, I agree, it does feel like, hey, if they were going to make this one the Midgar episode, they were always going to have to put more stuff in it, yeah. and that's fine. And I'm, I, I'll say, I'm really happy with the stuff they've added to this to make it, the, to make up the Midgar episode. I think, like, Largely, their new character additions have been have felt really at home in the world. Like I, I love a motorcycle man who very angrily tries to cut you up on his motorcycle. I like um the two the two agents that are sort of following you for a while. Like I like how everyone's characterized. What was it? Um, Reno with his red hair. Oh, Reno and, and uh, Rude. Yeah. yeah, Reno and Rude. Like I like I like the sort of expanded character stuff they've done with everyone. Ooh. I've liked everyone's characterization still. Uh, um, the models are beautiful. Yeah, yeah. The um, oh, I'm, I'm, I have enjoyed every moment of this game, and I hope that continues to be the case right to the end. We will see if that is the case right to the end. I think part of my problem with it has been I heard about the spoiler. Yeah. And now every time something related to that spoiler comes up, I go, oh, it's my fault, is it? Hmm. Yeah. See, this is why when you said, like, I was like, are you sure you want to hear the spoiler? You were like, yes, I want to hear the spoiler. I was like, okay. Well, I think it would have just meant that looking back on the game, I would have gone, oh, all of that thing, that is that. Well, and that's my fault, is it? Neither of us have made it to thing we're kind of talking around. Um, maybe it won't feel as bad as we've built it up when we get to it. I hope not, because right now it feels a bit like that end of that cat documentary that you were really annoyed about. Oh, the the, the cat documentary, it's like, maybe the true villain for for, for the the cat murders is you, for watching this. Maybe you're the real killer. That That is kind of how it feels, I will be honest. I mean, yeah, I, I, I can see that. <laughs> um, but... I can t- I can continue to absolutely love the time I have spent with Final Fantasy VII I remake, have had a lot of fun with it. and I would love to play the next part, whatever that may be, and whenever that may be. We shall see. Yeah. What about you? You played anything by yourself this week? By myself, I played some No Man's Sky. <gasps> oh yeah, how's how's that been going for you? I'm quite enjoying it. 
Yeah, it's it's been weird to watch you play it because you keep saying that wasn't in it before. That wasn't in it before. Yeah, this is new. So like, I played No Man's Sky when it had just come out, and it was still like when when I was playing it, it was still not known for for certain whether multiplayer was a feature in the game or not. Mm. Like people were having to try and track down the same planets as each other across the billions of procedurally generated planets to go. I'm stood on the north pole of this planet. Oh, I'm. You're stood there too, and you can't see me. Okay, there's no multiplayer. Um, yeah. So there's a bunch of new stuff in this game. It seems. Apparently so. Yeah. D- tell us what what. I what couldn't tell you what's new. Been. I can tell. I can tell you what well, I've been doing. Tell Tell me what you've been doing, and I'll chime in if something is like that's new. Um. So it initially started the game. That load time at the beginning is so long. Well, they've got to procedurally generate a whole universe, Jane. Do they? I assumed most of it already existed. They have to procedurally generate a whole universe, Jane. That's that's what they. That was their line when the game came out of the initial load times. It takes a while to make a universe. I guess so. And was Apple Pie involved? <laughs> uh, so yeah, there is that initial load time, and then you're sort of plonked on a, a planet with no memory of how you got there or what to do, and slowly being tutorialized by your exosuit. Yeah. The one thing that irritated me most was, like, there is no option setting until you have started the game. Yeah. So you can't change graphics, which is really annoying, because if you want to change any graphics stuff, it's like, restart required. Uh, yes. I've, I, n- you want one of those little boxes to pop up that goes, pick your settings, then hit play? Either that, or just, like, you load into the menu, it goes... Yeah. Okay, if you want to do this, you will have to you will have to restart before you do potentially up to five minutes of of loading. Oh, what five minutes? It's it's long loading times. Maybe it's just our the, laptop. The, the loading times were long on PS4. I don't remember them being that long, but maybe I've erased that from my memory. It's it's a long hours time that I have sat there a few times, just been like. I mean, it's pretty. It's a pretty loading screen. Yeah, yeah. Because you fly past, like, named systems and stuff. Yeah. I'm excited to explore more of Tatopia. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, that was nice. And then I got plonked on a planet and sort of heavily, heavily tutorialised for a bit. And I missed... I didn't notice a prompt on the beginning of the screen, on, the, <laughs> on one corner of the screen, and just wandered off on my own. And I kept repeatedly dying. I couldn't get back to my ship with all of my stuff. And then I couldn't get back to the place where I'd got the things because I assumed I needed something from that place to get more stuff. Turns out, having restarted entirely after an hour into the game... You literally just missed a point of tutorial that... I just missed a point of tutorial. I missed... uh, Apparently, I missed two. One that would have been like, you don't have to die all the time. And the other one that would have been like, okay, here is how you make the thing. (laughs) Um, um, so that that save exists, but I haven't touched it for a while because I'm now like six hours into yeah. my uh, my but new playthrough. Second attempt. Yeah, <laughs> I've got a little wooden hut. Yeah, bases are new. Yeah, I've got a little, wood, little wooden. When hut. you're in space, it tells you where your base is on the planet. So it you does. Just leave the planet and go. I no longer know where anything is. That is the only thing you get to know where that is. Yeah, but that's something. That's at least, like, I can go back to my base and head north and I will find the thing that I found by exploring north previously. I'd still like to know where that bloody ship is. Because I have the same problem that you talked about with the whole, hey, there's a ship down here, I could go get that. Yeah. uh... I'll I'll fly up to the space station, get some resources, fly back down, I'll uh, fix it up. Yeah. Oh no, where's that ship? The distress beacon that led me to it. Has gone. Has gone, because I found it once. Yep. 
No, no more distress beacon. Ew. Yeah, no, the number of times where I was just like, I'll go get some resources to repair this sh- Oh, no, I can't repair this sh- I don't know if there's, like, a thing where you can, like, hit the map and get exact coordinates for where you are. I don't know. I don't know. Could you that would be real fucking build happy. a base next to it? You'd then have, yeah, but then you'd have to have turned up knowing that you were going to build another base there. Yeah, I suppose. It's a bit of a pain. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's I've I've got like a uh, little solar panel up and running uh, for my teleporter, which you also said was new. Yeah, that's new. You, you could just like pop up to the space station and back down without yeah. having to like fly within a couple of minutes. It saves you oh. an awful lot of money on like um, liftoff fuel. Oh god, yeah. Uh, it's also great for if you want to just be like, hey, not gonna bother with the liftoff fuel. Just gonna pop up there using the teleporter. And now I can lift off from the base for nothing. Ha <laughs> <laughs> So that, that's been nice. Yeah. Just the, the fact that I can sort of like get around constantly making like taking off stuff. I've been to some interesting planets with some very like very mechanical looking things. And it's like, yeah, that's a plant on this planet. It, is it? Because it looks like a lamp. Yeah. It very much looks like a lamp. Uh, so... Having played like quite a lot of this game when it originally came out, I will give some kudos to their system of procedural plant and animal generation in that it seems like they have like a set of lots of variables. So it'll be like uh, height of plant, type of leaf, colour of leaf, material that thing is made out of, or for animal it might be, is it bipedal or quadrupedal? What kind of face does it have? What kind of fur texture does it have? And it layers lots of variables so that, like, it's essentially mashing a bunch of tick boxes together and creating something that, like, for the most part, like, lots of the things you stumble upon in that game feel like they could exist and are unique and interesting. And the sort of weird algorithmic creations that come up are like, that's that's an interesting thing that I feel like I found something I hadn't seen. Hmm. And, like, the, the game is pretty good at that, from what I remember. Yeah. I mean, I've not been to many worlds yet. I'm still sort of very much exploring early game stuff. I have just found the the big, hey, this is where all the uh, online interaction stuff happens. Yeah, that's, Nexus that's, or whatever that's new. Uh, there was an excuse to go and, like, buy new upgrades for my suit. and yeah. Well, blueprints for my suit and blueprints for, like, base stuff. Hmm. So that was quite interesting. But uh, yeah, I'm not sure if I should try and look for another crash ship somewhere or if I should be maybe working towards uh, like upgrading the ship I've got. There's It's a tough call. Yeah, th- there's a real case of... Um, I found myself getting very paralysed with choice, paralysis of choice with that game. There was constantly so many things I could be doing hmm. that I never knew what I should do. That was a bit of an issue with that game for a and while for me. your inventory never seems big enough. Y- yeah. So you can expand it. Cool. That's going to take a while. Yup. Since I only seem to be able to get like one suit upgrade per s- star system. Yeah. <laughs> like, hey, g- games, just let me have infinite inventory. All video games. Yeah. Limited inventory is never fun. No. N- n- is your game about trying to make a very difficult journey where you're going to need absolutely all the supplies to have any chance? Sure, okay, you're making a game about climbing Everest, have a limited inventory. But usually, limited inventory just isn't fun. I mean, I suppose the limited in- inventory makes sense when you're doing things like 
intergalactic trading. Yeah, yeah. But, like, for early game stuff, just like, oh, I've got... I need some carbon, and I need some sulfur, and I need some oxygen. And then I keep finding these things in chests, which I can refine to make, like, a type of currency. So I need to keep those and not waste them. Or I need to refine them as quickly as possible. So it's just constantly, yeah. like, stop-start with stuff. Um, I you like constantly to... need, like, a tiny bit of a dozen things. Yeah, and at the start of the game it feels like there just isn't enough infantry slots to just go, yeah, just go wild and collect things. It's like, yeah. oh, you've got some of this. I mean, it's it, according to the thing, it's going to be worth something to someone at some point, but... It's my hoarder mentality. It's just like, yes, I don't know what I need right it's now. I have like, not been provided I, the information. I want a little bit of everything. And right now I'm being told, be very selective, but I don't know what's good and what's not yet. Yeah. And most of the things are like, refine this thing and you will get a better thing. Uh, and that will, that, that will be good for you. But some things is like, well, you need some of the, the refined stuff. Yeah. Some of the unrefined stuff. Sometimes you can refine things more than once. Um, mm. things like silica. I was like, well, silica, I'll just try and upgrade that into something else and carry that around. So, like, I was recycling that, or, or upcycling that into glass. Yeah. It's like, cool. Oh, I, I made six of these, and now that takes up two inventory slots. Yeah. What? <laughs> like, most things stack in the hundred. It's like, yeah, but that those are just, like, elemental particles. This is actual glass. Cool. So I'll just go and sell that then, huh? Uh, yeah. yeah, it's it's as fascinating as that game can be. It has some very finicky systems to it. It wants to be played like a very specific way. It doesn't tell you what that way is. No, and uh, I I have been curious about going back to it at some point, but I just keep thinking back to my initial experience where I just got like it was stuck. not it wasn't good for my mental health. I got stuck on a bit where I was like. Going round in a loop, doing the same thing over and over and over again, trying to get the one outcome that would let me move on, and I was like, it's causing me anxiety, and it wasn't good. What was the loop? Uh, it, it's been a few years since then, but it was it was something like, I had to get back to some star system that I'd previously been to, and I was trying to backtrack my way across space, because... I'd missed some like final piece of object, uh, like final piece of material that would have completed a certain quest line, and I didn't realise that like I'd I'd missed it, and it was go to a planet, um, ref- collect these materials over and over and over and over and over again so that I can make the stuff, so that I can make one light jump to the next system, collect the materials again and again and again and again to hop back to the, the previous system like, trying to get back across space to try and find this thing I'd missed. Oh, Jesus. How far had you gone? Uh, I'd gone, like, several hours further into the game because, like, the game hadn't told me that I'd passed a point where it's like, uh, you've, you've left that thing behind and you won't be able to complete this quest. Yikes. Yeah, and several hours in I was like, this is causing me anxiety and I'm not getting the things work-wise done that I should be today. I need to stop playing this, and so I did. I remember this being a thing for you. Yeah. Um, I'm I'm glad that it is not a thing for you. Tell me about something terrible you played this week. Oh, do you want to hear about Cooking Mama Cookstar? I do. Yeah, so... Well, y- your Switch doesn't appear to have 
burnt to the ground. Oh, so. um, this little desk fan I have, yep. I had that pointed at my Switch dock while I streamed just to be just to just be careful. Um, so Cookin' Mama Cookstar is a Cookin' Mama game on the Switch that has had a lot of controversy around it. So initially, the rumor was that it was mining Bitcoin. Because people don't understand blockchain. Yeah, so to be fair, the developer did a weird cryptic message about uh, blockchain that didn't really make sound like the people writing it understood what the blockchain was. Um, and then people got this game, and two hours after it went on sale, it got pulled off sale. And people who did manage to get it noticed it was making their Switch very hot, and they saw the blockchain thing and were like, oh, Bitcoin mining! No, it... It's a badly optimised game in Unity, which is why it overheats your Switch a bit, but um, the issue is more... The people, the, the company that owns the rights to Cookin' Mama licensed it out to a, a developer and were like, hey, you've got to hit a certain benchmark of quality. Hmm. The game was apparently not up to that license holder's uh, threshold, and they said, nope, you don't get to release it. And the developer went, fuck that, and released it anyway, seemingly. Um, so... A lot of this is like speculation and, and you know, the, the license holders have said their side of events. Having played it, I am inclined to believe the license holders version of events that they got it pulled because the game was shit and they didn't want their name associated with that. Fair. Um, on the surface, it looks like a perfectly serviceable Cook and Mama game. It is a motion control activated game where you do cooking mini games to go through recipes and that seems you know that's what a cooking mama game is basically mm. um uh, where do i start with the problems <laughs> um the game has one piece of music that is not very long that it loops eternally it's like stock music you would hear on the on a phone when on hold on like a call center mm. it's that kind of music um the character of mama will not shut up talking, ever. She's got very weird inflections on her sentences. She sounds like she's been given very strange vocal direction. Oh. Um, she heaps out praise on you without you doing anything to earn it. Like, uh, there's, a, there's a very early recipe where you're hitting a, a bag of off-brand Doritos with a hammer to try and make, like, stuff to crumble some, like, coat some food in, some, like, spicy breadcrumbs. Every time you swing the hammer down... Um, Mama chimes in with with uh, a voice line, which wouldn't be so bad if she didn't only have like twenty vo voice lines total in the whole game. Um, she's constantly telling you that you're a better chef than her and you should have your own game, and it's like I, I don't disagree with you, Mama. Um, yeah, okay. So the motion controls in this absolutely god awful. Um. The previous Cookie Mama games have been on the DS and the Wii, mm -hmm. and both of those, like, the, the DS touchscreen, you have a stylus, it's a fairly accurate, uh, you know, input method. You can see on the screen where it wants you to be tapping or slicing or, st or stirring, and when you put your stylus on the screen, you can see how close you are to where it wanted you to be, you know. Uh, for the Wii, you've got the pointer on screen, that gives you a visual indicator of, like, have I gone too far to this side or this side? The Switch has none of that. I tried every kind of way to do the motions it wants done. They're all very simple things. It's like, wave your arm back and forth like you're soaring a loaf of bread. Turn your wrist 90 degrees like you're pouring an ingredient into a bowl. Um, no matter how slowly or quickly I did them, 
or how gently or how vigorously didn't seem to seem to make a difference. The level of accuracy with which it detected my motions was non-existent. Uh, yeah, it it might as well have been guessing. Like there were times where I'd move the controller once and it would make like three separate movements. And there were times where I'd be like, sat. I did this on stream the other day. I was trying to make this 90 degree angle to pour some ingredients into a bowl. And for the whole minute timer I had, I was just turning it like, here it is flat. I've turned it 90 degrees. It's, it's not turning. You, you can see I'm I'm doing it and it's just not turning. Uh, it, it's a whole, it's a whole thing, this game. Um, on top of that, it recycles a bunch of old recipes from previous Cook and Mama games. Uh, the ones that it creates that are new recipes use the same, like, four or five basic recipe steps over and over and over and over again. Uh, it has a multiplayer mode, but the multiplayer games all boil down to how fast can you waggle or mash the button. Like, there's one where it's you waggle as fast as you can in a circle to spin the pizza dough and then put your hand up to throw the pizza dough and spin your hand to spin the pizza dough. And you do that for, like, two minutes. Yeah. And the pizza doesn't seem to change size, but you'll be told it did. Um, yeah. Uh, that's what... Uh, okay. Beyond even all that, um, the premise of this Cook and Mama game is that you're trying to get Instagram famous. Like, you're trying to get famous for posting photos of your food online. The game doesn't make any secret that it's talking about Instagram as a specific social network, because Cook and Mama keeps making sentences that are like, do it for the gram. You're Insta-famous. Like, it, it's to the level that I wonder if they had a sponsorship from Instagram, because it feels like product placement levels of, of referencing. Um, and... Theoretically, you you your reward for doing well is ah uh, you get a bunch of likes and ah uh, look at you go. But I want to talk about the scoring system for this game that plays into all this and the way that that photo mode works. So you can get one, two, or three stars on a recipe. Realistically, I I can explain how you get those star ratings. One star is you didn't touch the game. If you press A to start a minigame and then put your controller down and then press A to start the next minigame and put your controller down, you get one star for that. Three stars is you did 100% perfect. You never made a single mistake the whole time through. Everything is perfect. And literally everything between I didn't touch the controller and I got 100% is a two star rating. Oh. Yeah, the two star is everything from 1% to 99%. Wow. Yeah. Like, it's... It, it, which, first of all, is a baffling, baffling uh, idea. So, let's say, hypothetically, you did do what I described there and just press A to start a minigame and then not touch the controller. If you do that for every single minigame, you, you don't... Sh like, f for the rainbow grilled cheese, you don't cut the bread, you don't grate the cheese, you um you burn the, the, the your recipe in the pan at the end... First of all, your picture for the fake in-game Instagram will look just as good as if you had done every step 100% perfect. There is no... They didn't even make, like, here's a bad burnt grilled cheese for one star that, like, ah, your grilled cheese wasn't good. Like, it's perfect. It looks perfect when you take the picture no matter how well or poorly you did. Then, 
your rewards for completing the level, you get a new cosmetic and you get a new recipe to play, regardless of how well or poorly you did. If if you just press A to start the minigame and then don't do anything for the whole recipe, you still get the new the new cosmetic, you still get the new recipe, you don't get anything better for having got three stars, you don't get like additional cosmetics, you don't get additional recipes unlocked. There is zero reward for for even trying. Yikes. Like uh, I, I was chatting with people on stream while I was playing this the other night, and someone made the great suggestion. Okay, the game's about getting Facebook, uh, getting your Instagram likes or whatever, um, and those go up. The you know you get a higher number of those the better you did in the recipe. Why not have the cosmetics cost a certain number of likes? The more likes you get the more cosmetics you can pick to unlock. That, that would implies that someone in your comments put more thought into the game than the developers yes, of this game. Yes, that's the, the problem. That would have been a progression system. That would have been, hey, if you just keep retrying, you can eventually get that cosmetic anyway, but, you know, your reward is, oh, I get the cosmetic faster because I, I did okay. You could still let them unlock the next recipe even if they failed the whole way through. You don't have to gate them from playing the game. Also, but... what's the point of having stars on a recipe and likes? I don't know. Okay, so the stars... When you look at like the recipes you've played previously, the stars do show up. You know how many stars you got on a, on a thing? But surely you could just as easily put like a likes counter on them. You could, but they don't. The likes... Your total number of likes for uh, across the whole game doesn't get registered anywhere. It doesn't remember the number of likes you got on your best attempt. It's not even like, okay, you got two stars last time, but last time was two stars and 70 likes. You have improved because this time's two stars and 90 likes. No, right. it doesn't keep track of that for you. It's just, you got two stars and now you got two stars again. Yeah, it's... It's a... <laughs> it's a frustratingly thoughtless yeah, game. Yeah, it's a... It's a uh, the, the the closest thing I can say to praise for this game. Um, first of all, they made a vegetarian mode. Um, so you can go through most of the game's recipes with sort of uh, meat substitutes uh, substituted yeah. in, or where they have to change them, they'll make it something that's thematically similar. So, yeah, nacho crispy coated um, chicken wings might become nacho crispy coated Satan, for example. Hail Satan. Yeah. Um... They're not vegan, and I feel like if you're going to go to the effort of, like, here is the mode where we don't do the meat stuff, why not just go, okay, we'll make, we'll, we'll just substitute out the, 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 the animal products as well. Yeah. It, it seems like you got halfway there and you might as well have just made the extra effort. Extra effort? Yeah, I know, I know. Um... Also, occasionally on some very rare, um, recipes in the game... And one of the very early ones, uh, making mochi, which are the sort of Japanese um, dessert uh, sphere things, um, you occasionally get the ability to stack, uh, place your food on the plate manually. Um, and the most fun I had in this whole game was making just like a snaking into the sky impossible, like structurally it made no sense, tower of mochi that sort of like zigzagged into the sky off the plate. Uh, and then I put on like a filter that was like a neon neon oh, colour filter. That. And I was like, ha, I made a funny neon space snake out of mochi. Mm -hmm. That's the most fun I had in that whole game. That, so, 
doesn't sound good yeah. at all. Cook, cooking, cooking. Uh, yeah, that's that's Munchie. Uh, cook, cooking, Mama Cookstar. Not a good game. No, no, it's not a good game. What is a good game? What is a good game? Pandemic Legacy. Yeah, we played two more months of that, huh? Yeah, shit is going, getting, getting, getting real hairy. So, I think we're doing really well still. I, I do. We've played. Uh, that full... doesn't mean to say that the the ramp up isn't like oh, oh terrifying. God. No, it's terrifying. Yeah. So we we've done the first four months. Yes. We've played four games and won every single one of them so far. So far, uh, we've we've yet to have a failure, um, and we've we've got like two cities that are on the second level of bad. Yes, we can't fly directly to them anymore, but it doesn't cost any extra resources to enter them or to cure them. Yep. So we like, finally named all of our viruses. Yeah, we're doing we're doing all right so far. Yeah, I mean, considering we haven't had any funding for like the the last three games, of the, uh, uh, yeah. yeah, the last two games of that, uh, we we picked two characters and a set of upgrades for them that have really synergized really well. They have, uh, and I'm I'm, I feel like the thing that could potentially fuck us now is uh, what happens if one of those characters dies. Yeah, so I, we've got like a whole new set of characters that yeah. keep, uh, have sort of come out of the box, and we've been like, nah, happy with the one I started with. Yeah, I think for the time being, we should like focus on upgrading things that aren't our characters, so that should they die, we're like, okay, well, we we have lots of persistent things that will last beyond our character's death. Next upgrades will upgrade our, char- our new characters. Well, we keep uh, eradicating the yellow disease, which means it's now much much easier to do. Yeah, yeah. So, we're... so hopefully that will make the overall gameplay like much yes. easier to manage. But we've continued to open doors and be like, oh god, new gameplay elements. Well, there was that. Basically, the the I think the April month we played, it was like when you draw the second epidemic, draw the next card from the the like yeah. the big bad deck. And suddenly there were like. I think there was something like ten different things yeah. we needed to open. Yeah, we had to stick like five new rules in the rule book, and we got like figurines, and we got like all sorts of bits and bobs. Uh, yeah, we got a lot of things. Yeah, terrifying number of things. Yeah, yeah, things have escalated to the point that we're like, I'm not ready for the next game. It's gonna be bad. Well, I mean, if we start losing some, hopefully we'll get some funding. <sighs> Maybe. That'd be nice, but at the same time, I imagine it's going to make the rest of the game much, much harder. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah um, but I'm, I'm, I think we're doing alright because we've got the blue disease as our incurable thing. Yes, yes. But we, we're, hmm, we're doing, we're doing well thus far. But we are about to have that big ramp up because not only have we had this scary new mechanic introduced. But we're going to have to start curing three, uh, completing three objectives rather yes. than just two objectives. Yes. Per game, and that's gonna, that's gonna be painful. Yes, it's from now until December. We've got um, three, at month. least three. Yes. Yeah. Yes, and I, I suppose given the number of spaces on the board, we could have up to five available. Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> it's uh, yeah, it's terrifying but fun. Yeah, yeah. We are doing our best to cure disease across the world. Yeah. During um, this time of this. A global pandemic. Yeah. Yeah. A little bit. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm super hyped to be to be playing through it finally. After, after having started it long ago with another group. 
In the long, long ago. In the long, long ago. Back when we could leave our homes to see our friends. Oh, do you remember friends, dear? <laughs> oh, I remember. Is that everything you've played? That's everything I've played. Well then, time for this. Time for this. Yeah. Are you late to the party on a show or podcast? Yeah, I'm trying to catch up real quick. Do you want to check a wiki? But without getting spoiled. I just want to remember if that was Peter Lucas in that one episode of the Magnus Archives. Worried that if you check you'll get spoilers for later in the series? Yeah, they're going to mention words and I'm not going to know what they are. Come to Chrono Wiki. All of the things you need from a wiki, but with a special slider. Just dial in what episode you're in and you'll only get information that's pertinent to up to the point that episode aired. Chrono Wiki. Be past of the fandom. I can look up information without spoiling myself. Sandra! Yes? Sandra, you are the chosen one. What? Chosen one. You. Me? You know the great evils of the world. Yeah? It is your destiny to defeat them. Oh, why, 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 why me? You are to come with me on a great journey to find the sword of Jazlor and then... We shall defeat the great evils of the world. I mean, I have a lot of stuff to be doing right now. I can't really take a break from work. But it's your destiny. This is the hero's call. That it might be, but I have washing to pick up from the laundromat in an hour. But the great evils of the world are much bigger and more important than... Also, that sounds really dangerous. I mean, it is. What? No! Destiny! I want to stay away from the Des- danger! No, go away! Destiny, Des- 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 No! A little bit of destiny. No! Just... 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 Just a quest. No! I'm not doing a quest, particularly not while it's like this outside and I'll get sick. Can't really do this over Skype. No, stay at home! Stay at home, work from home! Great, great, great e- Can't fight the great evils of the world! Right now, I guess. Is this the bit where you refuse the destiny and then you do the destiny later? This is the bit where I refuse the destiny and then refuse the destiny. So it's it's not that bit on the hero's journey where I come to you with a quest and the call to arms, I, the great mentor, teach you the thing, and then you're like, eh, maybe not, but then later on you're like, oh no, I must do the thing. I have a mortgage to pay on my house. If I go off gallivanting on a quest not doing work, I'm going to come home from the quest with nowhere to live. Right, right. My um, life doesn't just get put on hold because there's a quest. Do you know anyone a bit more free for a quest? Perhaps they were blessed by fairies or something when they were younger. I don't know, but there's a lot of people who are unemployed right now who could really do with a with a, with a job. Maybe, maybe look, maybe, maybe them. Questionable, possibly fantastical parentage. I mean, you'd have to ask them. Right, right. Wait, what's that about fantastic... What? What? About me? Hey? Uh, I mean, I've got to go find someone to do the quest, unless you want to do the quest. I don't want to do the quest, I just want to know about them. What what, what makes me cool? Yeah, your dad's a pixie. Right, I'm off. So, (gasps) 
What have you put in your eyes? What have I put in my eyes? Your eyes. It's not been a watch-heavy week this week. No. I've been doing a lot of playing and listening, and we'll get to the. We've been playing big JRPGs, and I'll get to the listening later. <laughs> um, the main thing I've been watching this week is I've been watching one of them dropout uh, shows again. Ooh, I'll watch from that. from them cl- uh, college humor people. What What have you been watching from dropout? Uh, the game show one. Game yes, changes. game changes. This yes. is what I was about to bring up. So. I have been watching a bunch of Game Changers, which uh, um, I don't know if we've talked about it on here before. The idea is it's a game show where the contestants aren't told the rules to the game up front, and every every episode they change what the rules of the game are and what, what the game is about. Mm. Um, so, yeah, what, what, what Game Changers have you been watching? I think the same one that you watched with the... Um... Oh, the sponsored content the sponsored one. sponsored content one. Yes. Because it sh- I think... Very often we find that the same stuff shows up in our, our um, yeah. suggestion box. So uh, I watched that, and then I watched the murder mystery one again. Oh, the murder mystery one's good. Yeah, so to give some examples, uh, the, the the one the one that we were both watching the other day was um, lo- lots of the rounds centred around um, branded content. So it'd be like, ah, uh, oh, the, the game show host is trying to come up with a new logo for the game show. What do you think of this one? And they're the buzzing quickly it's to too be much like, like Amazon. yeah, too much like the Amazon logo. It's too much um, like FedEx. Yeah, it's it's recognizing branded content and shouting angrily at it. Yep. Um, uh, they or trying were to pitch. Selling... Yeah, they were trying to sell weird products. Uh, frosting flavored toothpaste um, and uh, lemon lemon parmesan. Parmesan lemon parmesan, which actually looked really delicious. Yeah. No. Uh, trap real like no sold biting a big chunk out of it i like I, i'm happy to bite into a lemon so <laughs> yeah he did really well yeah um yeah i've oh, it was like flavored toilet paper was one flavored toilet paper was hilarious because you really let into that oh you yeah, yeah as yeah, much yeah. ass as i do <laughs> <laughs> oh grant <laughs> yeah yeah that was fun and then the murder mystery one was there's been a murder. It's it's been a while since I've watched that. Yeah, so it's a lot of like ask questions to the like. So it starts off with a standard like three people on the panel show. Yeah. Thing, uh, then one of them dies and <laughs> has to rem- remain on the floor for the rest of the, the episode. <laughs> um, and then it's like, hey, we've all been given murder mystery scripts, like the 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 DP and the. The runner and yeah, various the other people be- working behind the scenes editor. on the show were like, "Oh, what what did I have to do with the mystery?" I sent the prop knife. Uh, to, uh, I said the prop knife had to be on set, and I put the the real knife in the box to be returned. <gasps> but now that knife is missing. Da, da, da. I I really like that one. It was such a. It's very silly. It's such a ridiculous idea. I love the the final little yes. twist <laughs> to it. Yeah, like any good murder mystery. Yeah, that's that's some really fun episodes of Game Changers. Like, if there's one that I would recommend watching, I think this is one of the ones that's on YouTube. It's um, ah, uh, I I can't remember what what exactly it's called, but the the concept behind it is. Um, people would just be told like a thing, and they have to guess whether that is available as a prize behind the door. Uh, yeah, that's the one that they spent like so most of their budget on. <laughs> yeah, most of the season's budget went on this like, like because there yeah. were some really nice prizes in there. Yeah, is this prize behind the, that we're going to tell you behind the curtain? It's like no. Yeah, you had to wager points to be like, do you think it's behind the curtain? And the the premise was. 
whoever gets the most points gets to take home the contents of their. And sometimes there were prizes bucket. that would come up more than once. Yes, yes. What was it? The two, the two week stay in some resort or whatever Something it was. Like uh, and like multiple people were being asked, like, "Is that behind the door?" They were like, "Yes, no." It's the same prize. Is it behind the door? No. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, that was a really silly one. And I think there was the one where they just had at the end of that where they just had to just throw things off a tray oh, into there. Yeah, they had like pieces of paper that said various prizes that they could try and throw into their basket, and one of them just scrunched up the whole pile of pages and threw that to make it more of a, a ball. <laughs> yeah, didn't someone win like a really nice guitar in that as well? Yeah, yeah, like there was some there was some cool prizes in that, but it it but it boiled down the game show format to a prize. <laughs> you want a prize? Oh, are we are we going to give you that prize? <laughs> nah. JK. Pr- prize? Prize? Yeah, a prize. Actually, a prize. <laughs> Surprisingly, prize. Yeah, it it was nice to have that quick a hit, like quick fire a hit of dopamine of yay, <laughs> yay. Yeah, I can't imagine many shows would have the budget for it, but uh, that would be fun to play. Oh god, yeah. <laughs> it reminded me very much of Supermarket Sweep vibes of yeah. Oh, we have all the prizes. We have all the things. Hmm. Uh what about you? What else have you been watching this week? Uh, not a lot. I watched a six-hour Udemy course about dance music production. Yeah? How'd that go? It was six hours of understanding how to use FL Studio. Do you, do and you... I understand some things about side-chaining and why. Do you, you feel like you know more about making dance music now? Yeah, I feel I like I know more about using FL Studio. I don't feel like I know more about production of dance music. Okay, and what what was the the person hosting it like? Were they a, a, a pleasant enough? They were nice. They had a, a, a good voice. They, they, it didn't really feel like they planned much out beyond the basics. Uh. Because I feel like a lot of those courses would be... Okay, so here is the thing. I'm, I've put all the samples and I'm going to give you uh, like uh, presets for this thing uh like this oscillator or whatever yeah you can download that as part of the course material and these are the samples i've been using these are the names they do come with the standard version of fl studio yeah did it seem like this was someone who knew what they were doing but was throwing it together a bit as they went a little bit because there were times when they were just like okay i'm looking for a snare now and then it was like Three minutes of them listening to various different snares. It's like yeah, I could hear I could fanny about with that myself. Yeah, I'm looking for you to tell me, hey, why not try this snare? This is what this one's good for. This is what this one's good for. Also, I I really feel like that a whole thing is probably going to get taken down at some point. Yeah, because they keep going onto um, Spotify. They're <laughs> going, here's a tune that's really popular at the moment in Europe. Um, I'm going to see if I can recreate that. So they're constantly playing clips from that going, okay, yeah, I think I've got the notes there. So that's da 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 Okay, uh, yeah, we're going to do that on the bass. And then we're going to, okay, now what was the drum line from that? Okay, I'm hearing snares and a clap in that. So we're going to do this here. Okay, uh, and, and like, th- I didn't feel most of that was particularly useful. Yeah, it's... It it wasn't teaching you how to create something new from scratch. It was teaching you how to listen and mimic. Kind of. It kind of felt like that was skill. And sometimes even it'll be like, yeah, I'm just going to cut this section out. Um, anyway, here's the thing I've done. <laughs> like, cool. I don't feel yeah. educated by this. 
Luckily, there's a 30-day money-back guarantee, so I'm Yeah, right. I was going to say... I'll was see how that I feel a... when I get to the end of it. Yeah, I was going to say, was that a, a, a paid thing? Yes, uh, so there's been... Uh, I, by the time this goes up, it will have been long gone. They did a bunch of courses for 13 quid. Okay. So this was down from 100 quid. Um, yeah. With it came with a load bunch of free sample packs. Okay. Or or like sample packs as course material. Yeah. From their other music production stuff. Mm. So there was there was there was at least thirteen quid's worth of value in it, and I did learn certain things about like workflow for music production. Yeah. And I do understand like a few bits about mastering. Yeah. You feel like you've you've taken some things away from this even if it wasn't a concise use of your time. Yeah, it feels like more like I have understood how to use a digital audio workstation and less about I understand how to produce dance music. Okay, cool. And that is I suppose useful. Yeah, it's just not the skill you thought. Not the skill I thought I was going to be getting. Um so we'll we'll see what else is on there, but Yeah. Yeah, um Yes, I've I've been very feeling about making some more music recently. Yeah, There's, I think it's because of everyone's been locked down. Yeah, like a lot of these places, like uh, like one of the places I looked for looked for sample packs because I was looking at some uh, after I made the new Polyarmory soundtrack. Yeah. Check out Polyarmory on SoundCloud.com slash Genius Magnet and my uh, YouTube, which is Maniac Genius. Uh, there'll be a new episode up the day before this comes out, <gasps> so check that out. Um, yeah, when I was doing the music for that, I used some like metal samples, and I was like, oh, I want to want to do some things. Uh, I got a free sample pack that I used for mm. a lot of that. Mm. Uh, the drums I programmed myself, uh, but like I sort of cut up bits of various drum samples. I was like, mm, uh, of guitar samples. Yeah, I was like this would be cool to do more of. And I saw a sample pack for I think it was only about fifteen quid, and I was like, eh, maybe one day I'll get that. Uh, yeah. And it's been sat on a page that occasionally refreshes whenever I reload Windows. Um, I saw the other day that it was down to three quid. I was like, okay, I'll, I'll get it. Yeah. And then like Udemy today was like, hey, do you want to learn how to do music production? I was like, I do, but not for the prices. You- oh, okay. For 13 quid, I'll take a course. Yeah. See, this is when I, when I next week have finished catching up on the big thing I'm listening to a lot of at the moment. I want to mess around with, like, let's try and do creative things that are not my usual creative things. Yeah. Uh, you know, I think a lot of people are in that kind of a mood at the moment. I think so. Um, yeah, I mean, I've been also been doing a fair bit of painting, so yeah, that's that's it's, been a lot of visuals. Yeah, it's been a it's been a weird time. I've been I've been writing fiction, which I haven't done <gasps> in a long time. I've, you doing the thing? I I I've been doing two things. I've been doing oh. the thing that will hopefully be a like a thing that goes out into the world at some point. I've been working on that fiction project, mm-hmm. but also th- that 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 horrory one I started on today. <gasps> Heck, yeah. I I don't know if I'll finish it, but I started writing a little piece of horror fiction today. I believe in you. Based on based on a weirdly vivid, memorable nightmare I had. Woo, I was don't like, get your eating tonight. Yeah. But you know, I, I've got to have my theanine to stop my nightmares. But also, I, I mean, that, that was that was real good fiction material there. Right? It's very rare. I remember a, a a nightmare with that level of clarity. I can go. There's usable stuff in this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you had a coherent enough narrative as well, Dream, that I can, you know, you didn't hop weirdly around. I can create something cohesive. Nice. <laughs> <sighs> so, did you watch anything else? I don't think I did. Neither did I. We need to finish DS9. <laughs> we do, but 
something we've been listening to has taken that time up a little bit because I've been trying to on a catch on a on a timeline trying to catch up on something I've been listening should to. Should we talk about things we listen to? Yeah, should we do that? Well then, time for this. Yeah. Laura, Laura, we've got a new sponsor. Who's our new sponsor? This week's sponsor. Well, at this time of social distancing. We've been warned to mask up because you can lower your risks to you and others around you. Indeed, if you're doing your daily walk or if you have to go to the shops, face mask is is helpful. Mm -hmm. It is minimising your risk as best you can. Yay. So, with that in mind, how about disguise-based face masks? Disguise-based face masks? Yeah. Do you want to wear, like, one that looks like, basically like your chin that has, like, a little moustache on it? Oh, I see, So no one would recognise you. Okay. Or you okay. could be evil, you, and um, with a goatee. Like, or, like, you could have, like, lip piercings. Ooh. See, not only is this a fun way to look different from day to day, I suppose you could go for the Forbidden Second Walk. <gasps> you could go for multiple walks by just going home and swapping your face mask. Exactly. No, officer. That wasn't me going for a leisurely ten-minute walk by myself with no one around. I have a moustache, you see. Don't you see my moustache? Don't ask why my lips aren't moving. They're clearly moving just enough as my chin jiggles. Ooh, jiggly chin. <laughs> Sorry, I just distracted myself. That is... <laughs> that is disguisebasedfacemask.lol.net. You can head over there right now and get something like a, a smile or some braces. Or an immense number of face pe- facial piercings. Or a lot of lipstick. Or a lot of lipstick. Or no lipstick. <gasps> or, th- or, or or very different lips to the ones you have. Or just a beauty mark. Oh. Just your face, but with an additional <laughs> beauty mark. Uh, or you could, I suppose you could airbrush yourself if that's what you're into. <laughs> uh, yeah, head on over there to disguisebasedfacemask.lol.net and enter the code QNPS114 for a discount of up to 114%. Four, gosh. Ah, rattling through them now, eh? Yeah. <laughs> so, <gasps> tell me about the Magnus Archives. Okay. This is things we've listened to, this, by the way. This is things we've listened to. <laughs> um, so you know how like I've been catching up on basically a season of the Magnus Archives every week <laughs> the last few weeks? Yeah. So, I'm now like halfway through season four of the Magnus Archives. By by the time this episode goes up, I suspect I will have caught up on 160 episodes of podcast um, in like a month. That's a lot. Um, so, that fucking Magnus Archives podcast, huh? This is that horror one that I keep talking about. I've been very much enjoying. Um, huh. So, season three's ending and the start of season four really kind of went, hey, so now you know the thing, the big thing that the whole series is themed around, its big central conceit. Now you're going to see what happens when something goes really, really wrong for characters. Now we're going to take our protagonist and do this with them. And it's just been escalation after escalation after escalation. Mm. Um... I feel like I've crossed the threshold where more episodes than not are now answering questions rather than setting up completely new mysterious threads. Like, I've gotten through the half of the show where it is 
you know something's tying this all together, but you don't know what. And now it's... Every time I listen to an episode, I'm like, okay, how does that fit into the thing that I know? Mm. Um, And it's made listening a very different kind of experience. I sort of know what I'm listening for now. Yeah. Um, When I get caught up on this show, there is a part of me that's like, I want to start from episode one again because (laughs) I want to re-listen through because there is so... So much of the first half of that show, I'm going to get a lot more out of if I re-listen because I know the thing now and I know I know where this is going and I know what the deal is with a bunch of stuff. Yeah, I want to re-listen to stories with the new knowledge. The new knowledge. Yeah, yeah. So I've been making. We've not been catching uh, finishing up that final season of Deep Space Nine because every time we're sat around here, it's like. Jane, do you want to play some Final Fantasy VII or listen to some Magnus archives? The Mingy Ningus. The, the Magnus Dangus. The Mangus Dangus. The Mangany Nanganus. The Mangany Dingru. <laughs> yeah, the, the, our naming convention for the Magnus archives is <laughs> just involved. Making weird noises. Yeah. Just sort of uh, the, the M something. Usually M something for some reason. Yeah, or D something. The Mingus Ding, the Mingus to Ningus. The Mingus to Ningus. The Mangus. What was it? The, the Mangus to Nangus. Uh, like, earlier, I was just calling it the Grand Nagus. Grand Nagus. The Mangy Nangus. We, we sort of we've been uh, playing a game of telephone with the name <laughs> the Magnus Archives, and it's it's been getting further and further away from the Magnus Archives. <laughs> the Nagus Archives. <laughs> Uh, oh, how yeah. fast we are trapped inside! <laughs> yeah. So I not only have I been like excitedly telling you whenever things happen, or I have theories, and we have a group chat. For yeah, that too. we have a group chat. Which everyone, there's like five of us in the group chat. Everyone that's not me is pretty quiet in there because everyone is just sort of waiting for me to catch up. I yep. think so, so. We can gush. Yeah. So like this week is well, I've got like fifty hours of or fifty episodes of this podcast to listen to. But, like, I'll let you know where I'm at. I'll I feel s- like there's going to be a degree of vague posting come Thursday. Because everyone yeah. will have listened to the new episode. Yes, yes. So, I- I'm happy to be like, hey, don't worry, talk spoilers. I'm going to mute this thread for, like, two days. And I will come back in here on Saturday when I am up to date. If if that is a thing you desire. I, I you can make a secret group without me. What I like- would love to do is just sit down and listen to the last episode with you. <laughs> and just oh. watch, like, reaction cam. Oh no, when it gets to, like, if, if there's a specific one, tell me what number it is, and I will make sure not to listen to it without you. 160. Okay, 160. I will make sure I save 160 to listen to around you. Um, <laughs> yeah, it, it has been a lot of me just going like, oh my god, this happened! <gasps> and I everyone also, going, this person is a precious cinnamon roll. Yeah, lots of lots of this person's precious cinnamon roll, and me going, yes, yes, they are. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, what have you been listening to? Uh, I've been listening uh, to just just, just some, some club music, really. Yeah, uh, yeah. Listen to uh, Polyhymnia for the first time in ages by Scott McMillan or Scout McMillan. Mm-hmm. The uh, like, I think it was the, like the theme tune to Saint Trope Four. It was oh, also yeah, one of the dubstep yeah. gun tunes. Yes. With all that beautiful violin work at the beginning. Mm. <laughs> Lovely tune. Uh, not listened to it for ages, not sure why. Um, Arcasia, New World Disorder, 23's dub style orchestra extravaganza. Oh. Uh, it's uh, it's dub style, so it's like all that good sawtooth of, of, of uh, uh, a good dubstep. 
and also like a jump step, uh, jump style beat. What? <laughs> Apparently, both of those together. I've not listened to it for ages. It popped up in my um, like Facebook timeline. I was like, that's a good tune. I like that. Uh, I also listened to uh, Freddie McGregor, Reggae Boom, which is a nice, really upbeat, bouncy uh, drum and bass. And Barba Tooks, Biana, the uh, Jack Black, uh, Jack Back Club music, uh, Club Mix. Uh, it's uh, like real bouncy drums uh, ah. with a mouth, mouth harp sound in it. Bow, wow, wow. <laughs> nice. Yeah, what about you? I think that's everything I've listened to. It's just been the. It's, I'll be done with the Magnus Archive soon. I can listen to other things, but for <laughs> now, I'm here. Like, hey, so at the weekend, do we all want to talk about the Magnus Archives? Okay, well, that's like fifty episodes I've got to get through by then. I guess it's ten episodes a day for a bit. Gets easier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll, the further you go on, the more it's like, ah, I must know, do I know. More. I'm so close. I'm going to listen to like three or four more before bed. Hype, hype, hype. Hype, hype, hype. Stream's cancelled, everyone. No, <laughs> you you got your stream to do. I'm going to lie in bed playing Pokemon, listen to the Magnus <laughs> archives, and then maybe not, like send you a, a, a message in the Twitch chat to be like, can I come down? Because I'm excited about the Magnus archives. Ah! <laughs> hype, hype, hype. Well, is that everything? That's everything I've listened to. Oh my god, that's everything we learned there. Well then, time for this. Oh, I really like this one. Like, I like all the different colours and like they've got some good shadowing and stuff in there, innit? Oh, don't you know? You're actually supposed to focus on the brushwork on that one. That's the signature style of that painter. Since the coronavirus lockdown, many pretentious art pricks have had nowhere to hang out. No one to just over-explain art to, to tell people that they're not enjoying the art properly. The blue represents melancholy because the artist was sad. For as little as, I don't know, like 25p or something. How much can a postcard from the National Gallery really cost? For as little as 25p, you can help out a pretentious art prick today. See, you you saw this piece of artwork 20 years too late. The sun's bleached it beyond being beautiful anymore. Actually, despite what many people assume, they didn't use a camera obscura for this one. He was just very, very talented. <laughs> <laughs> Thirteen! Hi, hey, 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 it's me. You rolled me a thirteen! What am I supposed to do with a thirteen? That's not... A thirteen's above average! Yeah, but I needed, like, a fifteen at least to get past this. Oh, li- listen to you, once again. Oh, I need a fifteen, I need a fifteen, fifteen's the end, oh, no. Oh. Look, look, I have twenty numbers on me. Statistically, half of them are under ten. You want, you want a fifteen? Three quarters of the time, it's not going to happen. I'm so tired of people like you rolling me around the table, expecting expecting nine out of ten times to get a 15 or higher. Oh no, you rolled a 13. Must be a shitty dice. Ooh. I don't know what I'm supposed to do with this information. I needed a 15. My DM, like, always does DC 15. I mean, you could improve your modifiers. Could you just lean... Look, 
15 plus for me. Look, put me back in the jar. My cousin Terry, the green one, rolls on the high side. Thanks. Questions, uh, several questions. What's the question? Uh, Becky Hill. Hi, Becky. Hi, Becky. You respawn at age five. Everything is back as it was, but you have your memories intact. What do? Uh, well, cry for a while, I'd imagine. Yeah, yeah. Um, be real, real vocal about my transness. Same. Like, g- get on that from a real young age. Like, real young. Yeah, don't take no for an answer and just keep shouting from the rooftops about it. Yeah. Yeah, get that ball yeah. rolling. Oh, God, having uh, to do that again. Yeah. I don't need a third puberty in my conscious existence. Okay. Um. You know what 100% like the, the, the key thing I would do with that is? I would take all of my existing knowledge of the way, like, video games, of, like, the years that I've been paying attention to the industry, and when I get to, like, 16 or so, just predict every single video game announcement for a couple of years to really cement myself a position in the industry. <laughs> Just like, surely a... there's going to come a time when you hit your like late 20s when it's just going to be like well I've just dried up of, of things that are going to come well no I'd reach a certain point and go I'm going to I'm going to move over into reviewing rather than um, news I you know I'm a little burnt out on news I, I don't really want to work in that side of things anymore I'm going to I'm going to move to reviews Cunning. I, I would just have a few years of oh yeah Nintendo's going to announce a high you know I'd just go through all the stuff I'd be like oh yeah the, that, that uh, Fallout game's going to come out it's not going to be very good there's going to be no content in it it's going to be an MMO. Not for two years anyway. Pardon? Not for two years. Not for anyway. two years anyway. I, I hear there's content in it now. Yeah. I'll just I'll just be there. Be, I'll just have all the scoops. I'd be the scoops person. You would. Goodness. They, yeah. they, oh, they'd yeah. be like, who is leaking our games? I'd be like, I know about every game from every company and no one can stop me. You could leak all the consoles me. as well. Yeah, no, that's it. Like, I, I could just... It, I would be the source of video game news. And, and but... You know, after like five or six, you'd be so cemented that no one would dare be like, yeah, it's just full of shit. Yeah, there'd be a certain point a couple of months in where it's like, okay, yeah, okay. I mean, yeah. (laughs) If Laura says it. Nintendo Switch, sure. Waggy Joy-Cons, whatever. (laughs) Cardboard things that we fold up. I mean, it's ridiculous, but you can't fault her just like a track record at this point. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I feel like like all of the Nintendo's ones are the hardest ones to explain. Oh yeah, no, that that would be the ones where you'd be like, hey, so, oh yeah, Nintendo's gonna release a plastic ring that you squeeze it, um, and it's part of an exercise routine, and it's gonna uh, be called Ring Fit. Yeah, Avenger. it's it's, a, it's an RPG <laughs> where you like battle monsters by like squeezing a resistance band while jogging on the spot, while there's a very buff dragon who shouts at you. Can can you also predict the invention of uh, water sports on the Wii? Because <laughs> that is still, to my mind, the funniest game it's, ever. It's wonderful, isn't it? <laughs> Anything else you'd do with your knowledge of time? Um, I don't know. I just think I'd be too traumatised by having to do it all again. Yeah. Um, it would, oh, goodness. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I don't know if I would... If I, if, if I could if I could have a few minutes to like memorise some lottery numbers. Yeah. I think, like, that would be handy to do. Um, 
come up with the stories from some TV shows from future years that haven't been written yet, and you'd be like, I invented Adventure Time. I wouldn't steal Adventure Time. No. I might write a better Harry Potter. Oh, God. Oh, if you could <laughs> steal Harry Potter and make it inclusive as fuck. Take that, you turf. Uh, just drop in all of the uh, the inclusivity headcanon things yep, that people have done yep, over the years. Yep. Hogwarts is so accessible. Yeah. Um, yeah, and there's so many people of colour, and in fact, most of them are the, the primary characters. Yeah. I I feel like I would avoid trying to mess with big world events, because no one would believe me if I was like... But you'd already predicted so many things about Nintendo, surely they would I, know. I don't know if predicting when a console's going to come out would get, you know, like, governments to believe me about... A, a big bad event is going to happen. Plus, I feel like if you start predicting world events... Oh yeah, that's going to fuck with the timeline. Not not, not necessarily even that, but that's when they start locking you up and going, what knowledge do you have? Yes. Where are you from? Yeah, video games, no one cares if you have weird, out-of-nowhere knowledge, but... We suspect you're from the future. <laughs> the time police are here. Oh god. Yeah, I've got to fly under the radar of the time police. Right? <laughs> Uh, Larry yelling in me asks, uh, is cooking mama cookstar proof that there is no such thing as a loving God? <laughs> um, I used to be a person who went to church and the way that the church talked about, um, about this is something... About cooking mama. <laughs> well, not, not cooking mama specifically, but what they would say is... Some things are put in our lives as tests of faith. Um, I see, so cooking memory is a test of our faith. Indeed, it, it's put. Sometimes things are there to be a challenge, to to prove that you can overcome, to learn something about yourself. Cooking memory is the test that we must all overcome to move on as a species. We all must get through cooking mama. No, I'm good. No. <laughs> see, I tell myself this because I have to feel like I played cooking mama for some reason. Other than the money. I've got two copies now. I know. I have one that's going to go on a shelf as like, I reviewed this piece of shit. <laughs> like, I, I I, know I got the money, but I have to feel like there was some grander calling. Mm-hmm. Uh, Maggie J. Evans asks, uh, you get to make a super cute dating sim about female-led video game characters. Who do you include? Oh, Rabbit Beach. Samus Aran? Yeah. Jade from Beyond Good and Evil. Gruntilda from Banjo Kazooie. Oh yeah. Uh, there you go. It's those four characters. Yeah, that's it. That's a whole dating scene. It's the whole dating scene. I want. I want fan out of those four making out. <laughs> that's quite an afternoon. Well, that is all the questions. Time for this. Time for this. Do you know what I want to see more of? What do you want to see more of? Brochure Justice Warriors. Brochure Justice Warriors. Yeah. All right, Larry. All right, Barry. How you doing? Oh, I'm not too bad, mate. Not too bad. Yeah, yeah. You know, everything going all right? Treating you all right? Well, you know, I'd like to get out of the house a bit more. Mental health has been suffering. But yeah. uh, I think overall, I'm doing as well as can be expected. Oh, I, I, about the same here. About the same here. I have, however, been thinking, yeah. you know, in that way what I do yeah. from time to time. Indeed. Uh, you know, once a week or so. Also, yeah. Um, so... A lot's been changing in the world this last couple of weeks. Times they are changing. Times they are changing. And, you know, uh, you know, there's a lot of things that are currently difficult that will hopefully go back to the way they were over time. You know, the ability to go and see your friends or, you know, to gather outside in the sun. There's a lot of things that we hope will go back to normal after all this is over. But yeah. not everything, though. I've been thinking there's a lot of stuff that, like, 
maybe needs to not go back to the status quo when this all ends. If anything, some things could probably do with ramping up a bit. Well, that's that's it exactly. You, you know, I've been thinking about like particularly like. Um, health services around the world. You've got the NHS in the UK and the private medical industry in the in, a, in the United States, for example. Maybe properly fund the NHS and have a proper, you know, social health care system that isn't reliant on insurance in the States, for example. Yeah, you know, and stop... You, you know, just we need to make sure that whatever comes out of this medically... Everyone has access to it. Exactly. And and not just this. We can't limit, you know, everyone gets access to corona-related healthcare. Just generally, everyone should have access to healthcare. Absolutely. You know, absolutely. There's, there's a lot of things that I've been thinking about during this and going like, you know, maybe, maybe this could be the thing that kicks some people up the arse to go, maybe we need some socialist lefty policies, perhaps. Because, you know, things like people shouldn't find that because an illness has made them lose their job, they can't afford to live anymore. They can't afford to have a house. Absolutely. We need to make sure yeah. that everyone has somewhere to live. That yeah. people have, you know, their basic needs met. Uh, we've got so many empty homes and hotels all over the world. Uh, uh, the UK has gone, yeah, let's just get every homeless person off the streets and into a hotel because they've got to socially isolate. So yeah. what they're saying is it was always possible yeah, to get 90% of people off the streets. Yeah. They just didn't bother. Exactly, exactly. On that note, is it is depressing hearing that it seems to be disabled homeless people who are having the rough, roughest time accessing those services. But uh, I am not surprised. I am not surprised at all. Yeah, but it's it's stuff like um, you know, maybe we should be having conversations about universal basic income, for example, yeah. or you know, uh, limits on 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 limits on when landlords can be charging for your accommodation, you know? Well, maybe we just get rid of landlords entirely. Well, see, I would say that. I, I think we would have a hard time pushing that one. Uh, I think we can work towards that one. We can work towards it, but, you know, like, healthcare, universal basic income. Well, we're um, uh, treating uh, essential workers like the essential oh, workers God, they are. God, yeah, no, because here's the thing, not even just doctors and nurses, but also, like, people working retail jobs... Can we see people, you know, treat them with some fucking respect after this? Because, you know, they are the people that make the world keep turning. Absolutely. People who work in post offices, for example. Yeah. Your, your postman's still delivering your, delivering your post. Your, yeah, postal workers still delivering stuff like that. And then on, the, you know, the other end of the scale, we've got, you know, all these millionaires and billionaires going, oh, my, my business is going to... Go out uh, of uh, business if I can't keep uh, if I if, if I can't have some kind of handout. It's like, yeah. well, you're a billionaire. You sort it out your fucking self, Branson. Exactly, exactly. And if you can't, maybe we should just nationalise all of your services. Yeah, yeah. Like the number of of big you know corporations that are going. Oh, we need a bailout. We're not going to survive two months without income. It's like. Well, yeah, but you, exp- you you know, you, you'd you grumble at people if individuals were like, oh, I can't survive two months without income, I don't have enough saved up. Fucking save up some money, you know, d- don't pour it all into, into uh, you know, CEO bonuses. Yeah, you know, uh, don't have people going to be like, well, we're paying out bonuses to, uh, you know, our top people, but we can't afford to, to do anything for anyone further down. In fact, we've sacked most of our staff. Yeah, exactly. But just like, we need to have some common courtesy for the people that have helped us get through this. Absolutely. We and need to make sure we remember these people. Yeah. And we need to have a proper kick up the arse to people to go, look, are you finding that you lost your job unexpectedly and can't afford to get healthcare during a pandemic? 
maybe next time voting happens, vote for the people that will give you health care if this happens again. Yeah, absolutely. Ugh. Ugh. You ready for that uh, virtual argument? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ugh. I do miss the real thing, mate. I oh, know it's going to be a glorious thing when we can. It's going to be always oh, going to be. We're going to have a hug to end all hugs. Such a hug. Yeah. <sighs> right. Well, uh, I'm going to put the kettle on. Yeah. Uh, so am I. I'll, I'll uh, go have a cup of tea. Nice. Nice. So, Lorda. Yeah. Where can we find you on the internet, darling? Laura K Buzz in all the places. Laura K Buzz on Twitter, Twitch, YouTube. Patreon, that's the one that pays the bills. You can find everything I publish at laurakbuzz.com, be it written articles, freelance features, videos, podcasts. Uh, I am on a bunch of podcasts, by the way. Um, I'm on Pixel Square. It is about video game pornography. I am on Podquisition, where we tell you whether your favourite video games are great or perfect. I'm on Dice Funk where we we play Dungeons and Dragons. I'm on seasons three, four, five, six, and soon season seven. They're all self-contained stories. Jump into whichever one you want. Uh, I've also got books. Uncomfortable Labels, that is about being gay and trans and on the autism spectrum, and it's out now where books are sold, or as an audiobook on lauracabuzzstore.com. Also, Things I Learned from Mario's Butt. That's coming out. Not quite when I thought it was. Mm, coronavirus. Um, that is now coming out on February the 4th, 2021, so it's a bit further off than I want it to be, but it has a, an actual, like, day now, which is, you know, that's that's something. Yeah, it's right. a book about silly illustrations and, and comedic reviews of video game character butt designs. Uh, there is a printed version that Jane is stroking. I know, it's, it's there, I just, I won't put it in the world. But there is an illness, and it makes it hard to put... The book visit. has to social distance. Yeah, the book has to social distance for a while. It's mainly because bookshops aren't a thing right now, which is pushing a lot of books back, which then has to push other books back. That's a whole thing. Um, but it'll be out on February 4th. That is the hope. Maybe it'll be sooner. Who knows? Maybe Valentine's gift everyone needs, because hearts are basically stylized butts. So. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um... Other than, I think I think that's it, really. Jane, what about what about you? What do you do? Well, we are on a thing together. We're on that polyamory. Yes, we are. The fifth edition real play podcast, indeed, where some people go through the underdark and make very bad decisions. What? 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 Bromar has never made a bad decision ever. All your power is derived from an evil Not underground one snake decision. god that feeds on nightmares. Not one bad decision. And you still managed to piss them off. Not one bad decision. <laughs> okay, not one bad decision. Sure. Uh, <laughs> uh, we also do this. Both of those things can be found on my SoundCloud, as I mentioned earlier. Jane Harris Magnet on there. Every, basically everything I do, you can track it down to patreon.com slash Radio. That pays my bills for as little as a dollar a month. You can be super helpful and help me out. Yeah. Um, trying to get enough money together that I can buy a new computer so that I can stream better games on Tuesdays and Thursdays over on twitch.tv slash Janiac. And, and make more music and make more art and do more of those things. That'd be nice. Wouldn't it just? Wouldn't it just? Um, what else? I think that's the important one. Oh, uh, janiac.redbubble.com. I do t-shirts. They're quite funny. They're very good. Mm-hmm. 
So, Laura, sing's out, darling. Until next time, be a stranger. I will. Skits, perhaps? Skits, yes, press that one, press that one. (laughs) (laughs) This ancient tomb, if we happen to be in 2575. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) No, it's fine. (laughs) I like the idea that at some point in the future... This is all happening. Is is this the end of the, the end of the episode now? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> <sighs> I knew that. <laughs>